Thank you for choosing to listen to the sermons of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. We meet at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. And if you're ever in our area, we would love to have you as our guest. If you live in our area, we would love to study the Bible with you. You can call us anytime to set up a Bible study or just to gain more information at 205-486-9247. Also, visit our website, 9thAvenueCofC.com, or check us out on Facebook by simply searching for 9th Avenue Church of Christ. Now we hope you'll join us for a study of God's Word as we seek to follow Him each and every day from the 9th Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. If you picked up a bulletin this week and you glanced at the the theme for this week or the word for this week, or if you're on track and you're using the one-word system, which I hope that you are, you notice that the word for this week is church. And you may have been like Eric was when he talked to me before services, and he said, did you do the right scripture when talking about church? And I said, yes. I said, hopefully, if it didn't make any sense before, it will when we finish up. So you may be sitting there thinking, he was really confused when he was putting scripture with topic. Here's how tonight's lesson came about. I had in my mind, when I saw the word church back when we first decided to do this, and we first saw a list of words, I think in October... Uh, was maybe the first around the first time we actually saw the words. Um, church was one of those that I was like, oh, that's going to be a, a fun one to preach. Uh, there's some words that I'm glad fell on Adam's list, and um, there's some that fell on my list that I might wanted to switch with him. But church was one of those, and I thought that'll that'll be a pretty easy lesson to prepare. And thoughts immediately started popping into my mind of, of where I was going to go with that, and then. We had a gospel meeting, and Brother J. Lockhart preached one of the best sermons I've ever heard on the church. And I thought, all right, there goes that idea. So if you were not here for the gospel meeting, it's archived. You can, you can go listen to that sermon, and you can learn more than I would ever be able to teach about the church. And, and I thought Brother Lockhart did a wonderful job on all of his lessons, but especially that one about the church. That's not what we're going to talk about tonight. We are going to talk about the church, but we're not going to go that way. The reason that the scripture reading that you read, or that we read together, that Dylan read just a few moments ago. Dylan, I wanted to do the entire uh, section, but I figured you'd never talk to me again, so that's why I did limit it at least. Here's I want you to do me a favor. I want one person from every row... To stand up. One person from every row to stand up. If you're on a row by yourself, I apologize. But Alright, here's why I've asked you to do that. Everybody that's sitting down right now, I want you to look at the person standing up. Make them feel really, really uncomfortable. When you look at the person on your row... Do you know that person's name? (laughs) Neil, you better say yes. Do you know a little bit about that person? Do you care for that person? All right, be seated. 
So often in life, we give titles to collection of people. Customers, employees, team, organization, group. We give titles to groups, to collections of people. And I think sometimes by doing that, we forget that the thing, the people that make up those organizations and those collections have names. That they have personalities. That they're different from one another. You think about a, a classroom setting and a teacher, she stands up and, and she may go home and she may talk about her students. I've known a lot of teachers in my life. And most teachers, maybe not on the first day of school, but most teachers will come home very shortly after school has started and they can tell you every child's name in their classroom. They can tell you something about every one of those children. It seems like, to me, teachers may be the best example of being invested in their collection of students. I think you see this so much more often with teachers than, than with others. Sometimes you go into a a bank. And, and here in Hayleville, we have local hometown banks. And you can walk through the, the lobby of a bank and, and you can hear employees of that bank call you by name. And you kind of feel like you belong. If you're out of town and you go into one of the major banks, nothing wrong with those places. But a lot of times you're just an account number to them. They're so big, they forget about all the individual people. In Haleville, you go into one of our grocery stores and you're called by name so often. If you live in a large city and you go to a major grocery store, that often doesn't happen. What in the world is he talking about? Here's what I want us to think about. We all, or we often in the church use words like the lost, the saved, the church, those outside the church, those inside the church. Every group that we talk about, they have actual names, they have personalities. They have things that make them happy. They have things that make them sad. They have good times in their life and they have bad times in their life. When you think about becoming a member of the church, Brother J. Lockhart laid out in great detail what exactly that means. Tonight we're going to take an abbreviated version of that. Because one hears the word, one believes what he hears. That person repents, that person confesses Christ, they're buried in baptism. But when they come out of the water, they're added to the church. We read in Acts that after the day of Pentecost, there were many that were added to the church daily, we read. When you come up out of the water... When you make that commitment 
to God. God doesn't sit in heaven and say, that's Christian number 1,478,212. He says, that's Neil Cook. That's Roger Moody. That's Adam Fine. And God created us. When He created us, our, our parents didn't welcome, to, welcome us to this world with, that's first child, that's second child, that's third child. You got a name. So often you see a parent name a child and it'll be junior or the third or the fourth. Because that name means something to that parent. You see, we understand in our society how important names are. What names mean. Here's where I want to connect this to the church. Just a few minutes ago, several people stood up. And I appreciate you doing that. I've read several articles lately and and several books, and I've kind of gotten caught up in this this thought of of church growth and uh, my generation and, and younger why they're leaving, why that age is, is leaving the church maybe at a higher rate or leaving religion at a higher rate than, than previous generations. And uh, th- there's so many thoughts on that. And, and you could read and study all day and really never come to a conclusion. But I found an interesting article. And it had three points in it that I want to share with you. And, and it's not just geared towards the millennials. This is geared towards church in general. And I think it's three very important things. The first thing is, in today's society, friendly invites are more effective. Friendly invites are more effective. And you may sit there and you may think, well, that that can't be true. We don't talk to people the way that we used to do. That was the point that the article made was that in days past, conversations happened so often they didn't feel that special at times. In today's society where we long for a true conversation with an individual, do you not feel special when you sat and talked to someone for 30 minutes, an hour? Just talked. Nothing important that you're talking about, you just talked. You see, those friendships that you have, and you truly invite that person, and you truly let that person know that you care about them, that makes us feel special. It always has and it always will because that's the way God made us. We like being part of something. We like being included in things. And so when someone takes the time and they want us to be part of a family That makes us feel special. And hopefully we want to be a part of that family. To give a personal invitation, you need to know that person's name. A friendly, true, personal invitation is going to be given to someone that you already know their name. You already know their background. You already know something about that person. You've developed a relationship and now you truly want to invite them to be part of your family. That's the first thing. The second thing was involvement does not begin 
on Sunday morning. Involvement does not begin on Sunday morning. Here's what I mean by that. So often we think, we get caught up in the confusion of, I'm, I'm going to invite somebody to church. That, that's my goal this week, is I'm going to invite somebody to come to worship with me on Sunday. And that's wonderful. But what do you do throughout the week to encourage them to come with you on Sunday morning? What do you do on Sunday afternoon when they did come with you on Sunday morning? What do you do on Monday morning? What do you do on Tuesday? Do you follow up on Wednesday? Or is it a check mark that you've checked off once they walk into the building with you on Sunday morning? You see, when we give people names, and it's not just a check mark on a list, we become personally involved. We have a desire that that person respond to what we're sharing with them. Because we love that person. Because we care for that person. Because it's not just a person. It's a person with a name. It's a person with a personality. When you first develop that relationship and you begin that invitation process, do you see that person as someone that you want to walk through the doors on Sunday morning? Or do you envision that person as being someone that one day is going to sit beside you at a fellowship meal as part of the family? Do you see that person as someone that you just want to sit beside you on one Sunday and you can say, I did it. I invited my person to church for the month. I'm good. Or do you see that person as somebody that you want to sit beside you every time that you're here because you love and you care for them so much? I know I'm speaking for Adam when I say this, but we've talked about this several times. So often when we get up in the pulpit and and you look out and and you see someone, it kind of melts your heart when it's somebody that you've been looking for. When it's somebody that maybe hadn't been here in a while. And that's a great feeling. That person always has a name. That person has a story. That person has a soul. That person has a connection. That person was created by the same God that you were created by. Third thing that I want you to think about. The church needs to be helpful. I saw this statistic and, and I don't know what was gathered to make this statistic. But it's a very scary statistic in my opinion. The statistic says that 49% of Americans don't find the church helpful in any way. Almost half Americans don't find the church helpful. I'm thankful for days like we are the sermon day. I'm thankful for times when we are truly the church outside the doors. I'm thankful for times when we talk to people outside the doors. We will worship God. And we need, we, we desire to worship God. 
But tonight, when we're dismissed, when care groups are over, and you leave, and Brother Danny walks through and he locks all the doors, when's the next time you'll be a Christian? Wednesday night or Monday morning? When's the next time that you'll talk to somebody about Christ? Will it be in Bible class Wednesday night? Or will it be at work Monday morning? Every single person that you come in contact with every single day, whether you know it or not, they have a name. And they have a soul. And I don't know about you, but I want them to be in heaven with me. We talked a lot about that this morning. The scripture reading was done because so often we think about the book of Matthew and we think about the wonderful things that we read that Jesus did. We think about that that genealogy and it said 14 generations and 14 generations. But before it says that, names are listed. Let's remember when we talk about the church, when we talk about the lost, when we talk about all of these groups, remember that inside those groups are individuals. And those individuals have names. And when we start treating those individuals as names and not just people, they'll very quickly see how much you truly care about them. Think about it yourself. When someone calls you by name, do you not listen a little closer to what they say after that? I do. When you come in contact with people, don't get so caught up in life that you forget that a person has a name. Let's start treating people or continue treating people, I should say, as if they have names. And those names have souls. And those souls have eternity. And those souls have options. And those souls and those names have opportunities to spend eternity with God. I know I'm not to my hour yet, But I'm going to stop a little bit early. Because as soon as we're dismissed here, we have care group meetings. And if you're not sure whose care group you're in, there's lists posted on both bulletin boards, I believe. I know on the main one. I think there's one on the youth bulletin board. If not, we can find where you're supposed to be. You see, we can stand here all day long and tell people that we care about them. Or we can put it into action. I'm not saying care groups is the only way to put it into action. In the book of Corinthians, we're told the knowledge of God is not in word, but in power. We can talk all day long, but until we start to do, I think we're missing the mark. Study is important. We've got to know what to do. But at the end of the day, we've got to do it.
those people that you know, those people that you love, those people that you care about. Give them a name. Remember their name. And love their name. But here's the question I want to ask you tonight. Tomorrow's Monday. You're probably going to work, or or young people, you, you may be going to practice, or whatever you're doing tomorrow. If there is no tomorrow, and tomorrow begins with judgment, and you're standing before God, and you're thinking about your life, and you're wondering what's coming next, and you're scared, you're confused, you're excited. I don't know what our emotions will be. But there'll be one thing that matters. When God opens up the books, when He opens up the book of life, will your name be there? I don't think that on Judgment Day, God's going to say, number 747, you're in heaven. I think you'll call us by name. Will your name be called on that day? If you knew that person that was standing up just a minute ago, if you knew that that person's name would not be called on Judgment Day, what would you do tonight to make sure that wasn't the case? What would you be willing to sacrifice tonight to make sure that wasn't the case. You would probably do all it took. Because you see that person sitting beside you. Is probably a very close friend. If not a family member. Every single person in this room. I feel comfortable saying this. I don't know this for a fact. Will come in contact with somebody tomorrow. That's not a member of God's family. If you know their name, know that they'll be with you in heaven. And make sure that your name is called at that moment also. If you have any doubts about whether or not you would hear your name, standing before God on the day of judgment, don't leave this room tonight with any doubts. Maybe you don't want to walk down the aisle when we sing in just a second. That's completely fine. Find an elder, find Adam, find myself, whoever you want to find after church, after worship. Invitations 24-7. It doesn't end when this song ends. But we would love for you to come when this song sings so that we can celebrate with you, so that we can rejoice with you, so that we can be encouraged by you. Don't go to eternity and not hear your name called as one of those entering into heaven. If we can help you in any way, come right now while we stand and while we sing.